0: Well, the Major League Baseball Draft has wrapped up and Astros picked in every single round this year. So I'm going to cover the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, and the sixth round pick in this show. So sit back and enjoy as I let you know what we had to look forward to in these bright young stars and future Astros.
1: Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily
0: Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man Heisman, and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we're your daily Astros podcast. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find the show at Locked on Astros on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always strows. And this episode is brought to you by the locked on Astros Nation. We want to make, we want you to make us your first listen every single day. Whether you listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, please download the app, whatever it is you get podcast, and go check us out today. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we encourage you to do that. We encourage you to like this episode. Spread the word. So let's get into it without further ado. Now these draft picks that we got, there are some really good things. There's some really big upsides to these players, and I'm really excited to talk about especially the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks, as I will on this show. And kind of in the second segment, I'll go back over a couple of these and tell you about a conversation I had with Astro's future about these picks to give me maybe his just a little summation or valuation of these players since he follows the minor league's so carefully. I hope that you were able to check out the other two episodes we've done so far on the first pick and the two second round picks. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback. If you know someone who doesn't know anything about the Major League Baseball draft or who the Astros got, share that with them, please, today. So let's talk about Michael North. This was a hundred and third pick out of the third round. Now, I will have scouting grades on the third round fourth, and fourth round pick, but I do not have scouting grades on the other. So I was not able to find them. Maybe it's my lack of um, experience in diving into the prospect side of baseball, which is very, I mean, there were 600 picks. And our, our, our locked on MLB prospects guy, Lindsey Crosby, who you saw with me on the first round show, That guy is literally covering every pick of every team over like three or four shows. So, um, you know, tip of the hat to him. And if you haven't subscribed to his channel, go ahead and do that. So let's talk about Michael Knorr, scouting grades. Remember, Major League Baseball player is a grade of 50. This is a scale 20 to 80. If they're 50 or higher, that is good. So Michael Knorr, fastball, 55, curveball, 50. Slider 50, change up 55, control 55, and overall says 40. Now, just because he sits at a 40 doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be a major league player, but right now those are his early projections, and these are projections that were scouting grades. They will get different grades, or grades will improve hopefully over time as they develop them. But Norris spent three seasons at Cal State Fullerton where he threw strikes, he got he did get pounded, but he has added velocity and has had much more success since transferring to Coastal Carolina. This ball club, the Houston Astros, are notorious for spin rate, for getting guys' velocity up, and being able to work magic with these guys. Just look at the pictures that we've produced in our farm system. He gave up two runs or fewer in nine of his 11 regular season starts at Coastal Carolina. Okay? He overcame a bout of bicep tendonitis in March and he led, he led the Sun Belt Conference in strikeouts per nine innings with 11.2 and a K to walk ratio of 6.6. Um, he does have a fastball that parked in at 90 to 92, and he dodged more barrels in the spring and operating. And to add to this discussion that we have going, I'm going to be bringing in Jeff who is the Locked On Guardians host, and he's also a draft expert. This guy is, he knows his stuff. And so he comes in right on the heels of us talking about Michael Knorr, one of the most exciting, I think, third-round picks that were in this draft. So let's go ahead and let's bring him in. Hey there, Jeff. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's uh, you know,
1: It's always the... I don't know if I always say sadness after a draft, but there's a little bit of like, oh, that's been so exciting and then uh relief that I I can take a few weeks off and not focus on it
0: for at least a bit. Exactly. You're like, it's over. So basically what I've done is I just started diving into Michael Nor um I just shared his grades on his fastball, curveball, talked about the 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 issues of getting hammered at Cal State Fullerton. But when Michael Knorr transferred to Coastal Carolina, he saw his success go way up, where he improved his Ks per nine inning. And while Knorr Knorr doesn't have much, much feel for the spin, and he's struggling to land his mid-70s curveball or his 80s slider, Jeff, I think the Astros is a perfect organization for him to come into and blossom and develop into a very good pitcher. What do you think about Michael Knorr? Yeah.
1: You know, when I talk about the, the five teams for pitching development to me, you know, and people could argue with me on this one, but I think it's, it's Houston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, LA, and Tampa. Like, I think there's kind of a clear upper tier, and maybe the Yankees are getting there. uh, And part of that is from taking Matt Blake from the guardians a few years ago. But, you know, I think what Cleveland and Houston do uh, excel in in some respects is different than like Tampa. Like I would argue like Tampa is very good at harnessing guys. Like, Shane McClanahan like he had massive control issues at at USF and now he's he's better at that where I feel like Cleveland and Houston sometimes are better at finding as I call it another gear or you know finding that way to kind of and yeah I was just pulling up as you were talking there it's like you know Michael Knorr if you're looking at the strikeout to walk ratio was 17th in the country you know he was uh Cooper Zerpi who was the first rounder was 15th he was one of those guys who I mean it's missed bats and didn't walk anyone and that's I, I, as a you know lockdown guardians host on top of the draft stuff like that's exactly what the guardians personally go for so I, I i always make myself very familiar with those types it's one of those reasons why like the number six player in strikeouts to walk trey dombrowski i'm sure we'll talk about as yes. well oh, but yeah, yeah he's next yeah he's next. So, no yeah you know, it's like those are the guys I, I was i was looking With Noir, he's a pitcher. Like there are guys who are throwers and there are guys who are pitchers and he's a pitcher. And then you just look at, again, Houston's one of the teams that's exceptional about helping add spin, helping, you know, get a little bit more out of what you have. Exactly. Uh, And I think you start with pitchers and then, you know, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it doesn't come together, but Houston's done a really good job of taking guys that were marginal and getting them to another gear. So I, I, he's he's the type of guy that I think personally is, is an ideal ad at that point in the draft. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I really liked Houston's draft in general. I I think I like excitedly DM'd you on draft night after like their first two picks. It was, they were grabbing all of my favorite players. So, uh, yeah, it it was, they, they had a draft. I'm sure there'll be lots of guys to talk about, but like throughout I was like, Oh, I really like that guy. Oh, I really like that guy. I really like that guy. Every time I turned around.
0: No, exactly. So in the, the third round, we get, we get Michael Knorr. And what I notice about these kids, number one, the Astros did not take a single high school pitcher, which is not like them. They like high school pitchers and, you know, they've kind of had their shaky success with those guys, you know, not to mention Forrest Whitley and some others, but I thought it was interesting that they went with all college guys. Trey Dombrowski is the fourth round pick who you just mentioned and, now his now his pre draft overall grade was forty five, where he has a fifty across the boards with with fastball, curveball, slider, changeup all rated at fifty, but his controls rated at a seventy. Now seventy is pretty high praise for a kid in college who hasn't even touched the major leagues. Um, it says he basically this guy right here he's six foot five, he fits the advanced college lefty label. He's never going to wow with pure stuff, but he sure knows how to use what he has. His fastball is typically only 88 to 92. Now, um, I'm going to ask you to respond to this because I talked to our friend over at Astros Future and he said Dombrowski will probably move fast, insane numbers in Cape Cod League, not overpowering, but knows how to pitch. It seems consistent. Is that what you would say about someone like this Trey Dombrowski kid?
1: Yeah. And, you know, he's and not to knock the Monmouth program, but it is a smaller program. And, you know, the first thing with him has to be the Cape where it was, you know, for those who didn't haven't seen the numbers, he had six starts or four starts pitched in six games, 31 innings, 0.05 ERA, 12.79 strikeouts per nine, 0.57 walk per nine. And Cape Cod is the best of the best. So, yeah, he didn't his his honestly like his evaluation when I talk people peaked in the Cape Cod because he went to Monmouth and didn't play anyone and then people forget and they move you down with that. And again, I don't want to like that. It's a solid program. Nothing matches up a with what you get in the majors. Uh, and B when you're in one of those upper division developmental places, like I know we're saying he, no, I'm not implying he's going to start throwing 97, but I going to a place like Houston, it's like, does he go from 88 to 92 to 90 to 94? And if he does, all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who instead of a 45 might be a, you know, a 50 or a 55. Like it, it's, because the number one outside of injuries, things that's gonna uh, derail a pitcher is control issues. You don't have to worry about that here. This guy hits us and it's, you know, control and command are different things. And I would argue both of those are 70. Like he hits, not only, you know, can he work the corners, but he rarely misses his spots. So if he's gonna work in, it's not gonna then sneak out and then you're giving up the home runs. Like there are guys who have 70 control, but they've got like 40 command and they're always giving up home runs. We've all seen those guys. Uh, so he's not that. He hits his spots. So if there's if you can get a and he's a big guy too. What is he? He's six four, six five, two fifteen. Yeah, six five. I mean he's yeah. huge. So it's like any he, he's a 20-year-old kid, like and at six five, two fifteen. And I feel like I have to say this all the time because people always feel like I'm insulting these schools. Listen, mom myth isn't a big program. He's never gonna, he's never been near a weight room and a plan like he's gonna get it with a major league team there's nothing that says that he can't add muscle and with that muscle throw stronger so I I don't you know he was he was 48th on my board I don't know if I was the high man on him or not but I just looked at a kid where he dominated the cape and, and that means a lot and then the command and control you don't have to do anything so just if he can get stronger and if coaching and you find just a little bit more you've hmm. got a no doubt starter to me. So that's why I was a little bit higher on him. I understand the ceiling isn't as high. And if he stays what he is right now, it's kind of hard to be a reliever. He might be right. more of a quad A pitcher, like that up and down depth arm, which has value. But I, I think there's a, a legitimate chance that he could be like a three if he just gets stronger and mechanics are clean. Everything's clean. It's just like, can a small school guy who's 6'5", 215, if he gets up to 235 and gets like only focused on baseball, could he add some more? Could he maybe get more spin? And to me,
0: I think we've learned the last few years is absolutely that happens. So, so so what you're saying is the Astros probably found a diamond in the rough. And now that we're talking about diamonds, why don't we talk about BlueNile.com? It's the original online jeweler to high-income adults making $100,000 more, primarily adults 25 and up looking to get engaged. But here's the, here's the great thing. You may think, but Brett, I'm not a high-income adult, or I may be older than 25, or I may be younger than 25, and you know, I've found the right person. Well, you know what? They've got wedding jewelry or fine jewelry at any price point. And that's, what's great about this business is whether you're looking for fine jewelry, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, or that special engagement ring, you need to go to blue Nile.com. blue Nile.com has, they have experts. I mean, Basically, they have the, the the Jeff MLB draft version of jewelers. They have bench jewelers there that can talk to you about shape, size, clarity, setting. And they'll make your ring for that special someone one of one. They won't be like any other. Like your friends won't be like, oh, wow, well, you know, my fiance is wearing the same ring. It won't be the same. It will be better clarity, better quality. And if for some reason there's any chance that you are not satisfied when you get the ring, you can actually return it and they will make things right for you. Right now, go to bluenod.com. They have an anniversary sale going on. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. And with we know with everything else going up, with stuff like this going down, it's great for your budget. Plus, every order is insured. Ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever Piece, go to BlueNile.com today. So let's do this. Let's let's move over to, um, so we did the third round, the fourth round. Let's look at the fifth round pick. And the fifth round pick, and I even saw this kid tweet out, um, kid's name is DeVos, okay? What do you like about DeVos? This kid was 163rd pick in the fifth round. He was the closer for the Wildcats in 2021. I believe that's Kentucky, correct? Is that uh, the Kentucky it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Davidson. Davidson I'm sorry. Wildcat. Well, I, now, am I, am I right that we got a kid from Kentucky in this draft, or am I, or am I mis, um, misremembering? And Let me. <laughs> I'm looking through the list. I'm not. Yes. Okay. Uh, Gilfoyle
1: in the eighth okay. round. Okay. The Kentucky okay.
0: player. Okay. So I was right about that Kentucky. Just wrong round, wrong kid. Tell me about this guy, DeVos. He right here. I'll give you what I have. He was a closure, but then he transitioned to the starting rotation with great success. Um, He was using a fastball slider mix. DeVos posted a 2.4 ERA with a 106 to 31 K to strikeouts to walks in just 78.2 innings. The development of a third pitch will go a long way towards determining whether he can stick as a starter or ends up in the bullpen. What do you like about DeVos? And um, all I... For some reason, I didn't type out his first name. Give me his full name, please. (laughs) Nolan. We have Nolan. Uh, Okay. I should have known that, but I didn't want to get it wrong and just make something up. So Nolan DeVos, give him credit.
1: I totally get that. So what's like when I pull up his his data in front of me, uh, he threw 15 innings those first two years. So 2020, we all know, like everyone was very limited. That's that's 10 innings. He only had five innings last year. So I, I I I... you know, if, if I was better prepared, I'd let you know if it was like injuries or anything like that. I one assumes there was an injury issue uh with that limited. But again, so you're looking at a guy with 15 innings his first two years, and then once he gets up there, uh, you know, as a starter this year, moving from that pen roll, uh, as you talked about, he his strikeouts per nine being over twelve. Like I'm always looking for that over ten. Walks per nine, uh, you know, under four is kind of where I look. And he was at three five five they're good numbers. It's, you know, it's not the the deepest conference. This is one of those guys where part of me wondered if this was, you know, maybe a little bit of a monetary savings as well. You know, they didn't take a lot of huge cost players um, in the early part of this draft. You know, Melton might be a little bit over slot where he is. And then, you know, on day three, if they had some of that savings, that could be, that could be how they get to Isaiah Jackson. But I looked at him as a potential saver here at the fifth, uh, in the fifth round, And what you're looking at is he could be an ascending talent because it is just that one year. Other than that, it's very limited pitching purely out of the pen. Uh, I don't think let's see. And in the summer league, yeah, he was in the coastal plain, which is a way down the line summer league. And it was only eight games, seven innings. You don't have a ton of ton of data with that. And then it's not, it's, you know, if it's not, this is going to sound very snooty, but, but if it's not Cape Cod or Northwoods, they tend to just, gloss over it because it's like those are the the you know cape cod is the top if you don't get into cape cod to go to Northwoods. if you don't get into that there used to be like an alaskan league that was pretty good i don't know how long ago that was that's been gone for a while uh the mlb draft league gets a few guys and then uh you know the coastal and the southern collegiate and some of those so he you're moving into like the third or fourth best league so it's not always there but yeah you're just you're looking at a person who Really has only had one season, so you're so, betting on that.
0: So could that so could that be one of those things with the Astros where you kind of take advantage of that lack of experience or lack of getting into a certain rhythm? So you don't if if the guy does develop something that's not good or you got to work him out of the way he approaches hitters, you've got less to kind of I guess undo. If if you know what I mean, less of a foundation. In other words, you can build more from the foundational level with maybe less experience, but he's shown success. And from what I've seen from these pitchers, talking to these pitchers, talking to um, Joe Record, talking to Jimmy Endersby, talking to these guys, um, when we've interviewed them for our show, they all say the same thing. The Astros give you this wealth of information. They say, if you if you let it overwhelm you, it will. But they always tell you, we want you to use what you feel like is most useful for you. And then you find those things and we'll help you fine tune those things. Because we've seen at the major league level, they take a guy like Charlie Morton and turn him to an all-star. They take different people like that, guys that came in, Brad Peacock, you know, um, will, will Harris had – you know, a fair amount of success, but these guys, if they got any kind of spin rate, they can work with that. And so something like this may be a kid that where he goes kind of under the radar, he could, he could surprise in the end. And he could be a decent relief pitcher. Even, I don't know, who knows one day he could be a starter because I think everybody thought Forrest Whitley would be there by now. And he just has roadblock after hurdle after roadblock, you know?
1: Yeah. you. I mean, you never know. It's, it's the funny thing with like I talked about with Cleveland where, you can go through it's uh, Jose Ramirez, Corey Kluber, Shane Bieber. What do these guys all have in common? None of them are top 100 prospect in baseball. It's never a straight line. You never know what's going to happen. But it, Cleveland, like that whole great pitching staff that they had, um, you know, at its peak. I mean, you know, some of them were big names at points, but many of them had fallen on hard times. Clevenger was never a big prospect. So again, it's about that developmental side, and, and we know with Houston. Like with Cleveland, we know to trust the pitching. The hitting, we're still waiting to see. Like it hasn't been but with Houston, we know with both sides. It's it's a pretty sound developmental core there. And I think that's what you do. You take a guy, and then when you're looking at a Davison pitcher, maybe there's a chance that he just was underscouted. Like there's not when you're in that part of the country, you're not going to a lot of the Atlantic 10 games. You have so many other options that sometimes a conference like that just gets underscouted. So maybe maybe there's good spin on one of the secondary pitches. Maybe there's some extra life. Maybe there's something funky or interesting that could help him as a reliever or a starter. But when I look at a guy from the Atlantic 10, I'm often like, Oh, you know, it's the same thing (laughs) with, uh, you know, the Sun Belt. Like when a guy gets drafted, I'm always like, okay, it's not like, you know, good players come from there, but it's more that I know that player didn't get seen. Like if you're a, a a North, uh, like if you're in the Midwest scout, you go to the Mac games because, you know, occasionally there's good players, but there's also just not a lot of programs. But right. when you're in some of those areas where there are a greater distribution of programs, um, a guy doesn't, and especially when he was a reliever, he
0: hardly ever got seen. Like, people show up to see the starter, and then they move on. Exactly. No, yeah, they have a they have a limited exposure rate, so that, that definitely, when, you know, and, you know, someone asked me, they were like, hey, So the Astros beyond the numbers you give, because I've given, you know, you know, grades and stuff. Someone asked me, do the Astros have even deeper and more stuff? I'm like, that's absolutely why they're drafting these kids is because they know them. they, they have people out there. They, they do the recon, they do the work. Um, I want to do this. I want to, I want to wrap up this, this portion of the show um, with round six, Colin Price, kind of backtrack a little bit to the fourth round pick to share this. And then we'll go into the sixth round pick. Jimmy from Astros future said, I want to see what you think about this real quickly. Um, you know, and I guess, you know, 30 seconds or less. Will he said, Dombrowski will probably move fast. Wait, did we already do that one?
1: We, I think, yeah, I think, you we know, did. Okay.
0: okay. Okay. We did. I'm sorry. Colin <laughs> price is the next guy. Thank you so much. You know, stuff happens when you're recording. Right? Oh no, um, I, it's been a long <laughs> few days.
1: If I can get my own name, right. Half the time, I'm going to consider that a win.
0: I hear you. So Colin price, the six round pick is a big bodied catcher at six foot six. This kid's huge that has, I think he means all, he says alley of power. I think he means all of the power, like, or he has all fields power. Um, yeah. what, I mean, look at this kid, 205, six foot six. Um, he won that. so here are some of his accolades 2021 Buster Posey national collegiate catcher of the year. Watch list 2020 spring academic, all Southern conference team. I think as so-called a Southern conference, I'm assuming, um, 2020 preseason 2019 all tournament team 53 games making 49 starts he hit 285 recorded nine doubles and triple seven home runs knocked in 32 rbi posted a 990 fielding percentage and 345 put outs and 48 assists what do you like about this kid six foot six catcher are you kidding me i think uh it's one of those things too where part of me
1: goes uh, is he going to be able to stick a catcher?" Like. Uh, once you get over like six foot three, it just becomes one of those things where people are going to uh, really doubt. And the the one thing you say is like, if he if he doesn't stick there, if he's too big for the position that you are then instead just banking on the bat. And as you talked about, the bat was unbelievable. Now, if you're out there being like Mercer, how good of a program can it be? Yeah, it's a small school program, but that is where Kyle Lewis recently came from to give you like a right. recent high pick, high performer from Mercer. And he put up numbers not dissimilar to Lewis and his time there. And for me personally, it's like seeing the walk, the walk to strikeout ratio is always a very positive sign when it is almost two to one walks to strikeouts, you know, you have 52 walks to 34 strikeouts. I understand 68 would be double. I can do math, but it's close. You know, we're getting in that range. It's one and a half times the, the walk to strikeout ratio. That's still excellent with the 18 home runs. You know, with the high batting average, he's getting on base, he's hitting for power. There are guys in that conference who do hit for a lot of power. So it's one of those things where you you look at the numbers and you do balance it. But at the end of the day, it's a strong offensive profile. He's got a chance to catch.
0: I'm not saying he's going to be any type of world beater there. If you're watching the game or the draft or anything sports-wise, you need to go down to Hooters NASA. That's right. This is the place where you can bring your buddies you need a place to watch the game the astros hooters nasa is the choice for great wings brew friends and fun to be had by all that's right tv's everywhere you can watch the game or whatever other sport you're into when you go there just know that eric's favorite is the chicken tenders with teriyaki and curly fries my personal favorite are the wings with the three mile island buffalo sauce and fries what is your favorite go see what all the hoot is about at hooters Hang out with the famous Hooters girls. Anytime the Astros play, you'll be able to watch them. And while you're there, why don't you grab an ice-cold beer? That's right. They have several different choices. Some of the best on tap. 15-plus sauces, five dry rubs. It's like I put on the screen. Maybe first base. Yeah, or outfield. (laughs) Like He played some outfield.
1: Maybe you can put him one in the the corner spots. But, yeah, I think, you know, and there are a lot of people who have, like, I'm very jealous. There's a few sites as seeing if I could pull it up here who had access to like the full trackman data this year. I don't know how they got like the inside baseball like all of it. And I was trying to see if they had the uh some of the trackman stuff on him uh just cuz he's one of those guys I wonder if there's just a little bit more that maybe we don't know just in terms of that advanced metric and that's a thing that is what you know we we're talking about in the last segment uh you know, what is Houston have we don't they they have that they have the spin data on all of these pitchers. they have the rotation, they They have the hand movement, they know how quick the bat is they know the launch angle. You know, it's like, it's like Tyler Lockler who went to Seattle, most people are like who BCU guy and I'm like, Oh, no, he had maybe the best launch angle and most consistent exit velocities in this class. That's why a guy from VCU, I mean, he was also great in the Cape. That's why a first base only guy from VCU was, you know, a pretty high second round pick. It's that additional data that is out there. And we find, we know some of it, but not all of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the Astros have a 23 and me type profile on all these players. Um, You know, I want to, I, I do want to talk about this because Buying tickets these days to games is can be a hassle. I mean, you can go to these big tickets websites, and I won't name them. You know who they are. Third-party ticket host hosted sites. And they have all these fees. They, I mean, they have convenience fees and all this stuff. And so I'm always struggling with who to go with. Well, I found someone last year, and I've been using them for over a year now. They're Simple Seats. It's a place for Houston sports fans to buy tickets at the lowest possible price. Other ticketing sites will surprise you. They'll give you 20% on you know, fees, you know, on, on top of the price you're paying. So the price you see goes up. Once you go to the checkout, what well, simple seats we want fans to be able to go to more games without breaking the bank. And I've been able to do that, Jeff. I have been to more Astros games through simple seats and using that site more than any, anybody, the best seats, the best prices, bargain prices, and, It is amazing. There's no convenience fees. You can get tickets not only for the Astros, but for the Texans, Dynamo, A&M, UT, U of H. With more teams on the way and with our zone seating specials, fans can save even more. With zone seats, we divide the venue into zones so you don't have to waste your time searching endlessly for seats. You pick the zone. We pick the seat. You get the best possible price. And if you want to pick your exact seat, you can do that as well. So if you're looking to go to sporting events in Houston, make sure to check out SimpleSeats.com to see how you can save. Ditch the ticket fees and check out SimpleSeats.com. And the next time you're looking, go to Houston Sports Event. Use the code LOCKEDON10, LOCKEDON10 to save $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. Simple Seats, better prices, no fees. It's that simple. And if you're betting on the guardians, whether they are going to make it out of the AL central into the playoffs, or are they going to have the next is McKenzie going to turn into a Cy Young pitcher? I mean, what is going on in Cleveland? I don't know, but I can tell you this, Jeff, when he goes to make his bets on any Cleveland sports, he goes to BetOnline.net because it's the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events. And number one, online source for odds lines and games including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf i don't know why they put the exclamation point after golf like i guess we didn't expect people to go to golf no tiger woods still golfing golf is still legit bet online um continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wager information so head to the bet bet online today and use your mobile device or and learn about the trends in action what's happening today. Remember bet online is where the game starts. All right, so, so yeah, I, Jeff, if you, you don't
1: mind me interrupting you. Uh, yeah, go there's ahead. this this guy, the the person who has all the trackman data. His name is uh Tirin, TIERAN T I E R A N 711 and just if you're curious on price, uh, just to give some of the stuff that like we don't have that uh, he only had 43 games or 43 at bats with Trackman data, so it is limited. But he had the third lowest ground ball rate. He had the uh, second best RPMs on his hits. So he's you know he's hitting the ball, getting a lot of rotations on it. He'd be 99th percent of percentile of all college hitters this year uh, if he had had m- enough to qualify in terms of his RPMs, mm. also uh, the amount of backspin he gets. Uh, he doesn't pull much. He doesn't chase much. His chase, his whiffs in the zone was, uh, under 10%, which is excellent. His bat pip is, uh, for those who aren't familiar with bat pip, it's batting average of balls put in play. And most people know it as like, Hey, it's a luck stat. Like if it's really high, a guy is probably going to come back to earth. If it's really low, he is, uh, probably had some bad luck in college and the low minors. It's actually a great tool for, uh, seeing what a hit tool is going to look like. It Actually, instead of showing luck, actually show skill at that level. Uh, so his is not ideal for that. But then they also talk about his pop times, you know, just jumping up the plate were 90th uh, percentile as well, as was his throw velocity. So just to give some of that behind baseball, you know, being small school, there wasn't as much, but he's a guy who actually was like 99th percentile of all college players. If he had qualified, if he had had a few more bats in multiple categories, most of them power base. So it looks like I know he hit 315 this year. You might be more low average, but plus in-game power with a chance to wow. stick a
0: catcher. That's also So it basically what you would say is rounds three through six, because that's what we just got through looking at, the Astros did really well. And yes. to wrap this up, it looks like, I mean, I saw the Astros get a grade of an A for their first round overall pick. I haven't seen people release grades overall for the team's, but I would say that the Astros did a very good job for a team that has one of the lower ranked minor league systems. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah.
1: I mean, Drew Gilbert was one of my favorite picks. Like, yeah, he's five foot nine, but you're looking at like swinging strike percentage. He's like up 90th percentile. You look at exit velocities, He's 90th percentile. You look at batter ball profile. He's 90th percentile. Like you look at just the general, like if he was six, three, instead of five foot nine, he would have gone in the first five picks like he would have been the first college player off the board and you know you're the Astros I'm the Guardians we have Altuve and Ramirez here who are both sub five nine players Uh, yes it isn't always going to work out and there is a little bit more risk but at some point it's it's silly when uh, Gilbert falls to 28th in spite of all that profile and again like it's a guy who was ninety-two off the mound. So not only are you getting a legit plus center fielder, but he's got an arm like a right fielder. So then it gives you that even additional like defensive advantage. It's so you know, I'm just gonna take a moment because I mean I drew Gilbert eleventh on my board. He was my eleventh rated player. Wow. So I I thought like and I had Melton uh twenty-six, so wow. those two together. So the Astros like, basically yeah.
0: basically stole I, the show, it seems I, I like. know
1: you've probably already talked about them ad nauseum, yeah. but just to you know, to hammer that home and again my board's weird. Uh, I put Chandler Simpson at 33 and nobody else put him in the top 100. I will say he went to the Rays in the second round though. So
0: they agreed go. with me
1: on that, but you know, I I'm looking for specific traits and I'm looking for things that are going to allow it. It's hard to find a way drew Gilbert fails. And like on a very basic level, what he has shown in college, you know, he's maybe not going to be as high defensively. Again, I'll, I'll use the guardians and Astros reference. He's not like, Miles Straw ceiling, like uh, defensively, but offensively, he's got the chance to be like, you know, Miles Straw is like a high 80s, low 90s runs created plus he's like a shade or a whole derivation below average. Gilbert has a chance to be a derivation above average while still being a plus defender in center, which is a really hard profile to find.
0: No, and that's great. And, um, you know, like I said, those that have reached out to me uh, about these shows, they really appreciate it. But we um, thank you for Mm -hmm. for tuning in. I don't know why I kept the term first base up on the screen the whole time. That was kind of cool. But um, Jeff is going to actually come back for another probably shorter episode. And we're going to talk about round seven eight, nine, and 10. We're going to wrap that up. And I don't know that we're going to go beyond 10 rounds here at the show. That's kind of a lot to get into. There's not really a whole lot of information out on these guys, but seven, I would, 10, I would I recommend
1: going to 11. I would highly okay. recommend going to 11. Okay.
0: So we'll go seven to 11 on the next show. Jeff, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me
1: at, uh, my Twitter handle at Jeff MLB draft. You can also find me over at the guardians, uh, YouTube. I always tell people, like, even if you're not a guardians fan, if you subscribe, Uh, specifically once college baseball gets going, I do like a Wednesday wrap up where sometimes the guardians fans get a little tired of it because, you know, before I was at locked on, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at scout in 24 seven. Like it's kind of my first love. So it's, it's just part of parcel, what you have to get. So if you do come and subscribe, then, uh, you know, when it's not a guardians, when it's guardians focused, I
0: understand, but then you also be able to get some of that college context throughout the year. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Your, your insight is invaluable and I'm so glad that you were able to make it on because I think I would have just sounded like a guy reading a teleprompter and not like an expert. You made me feel like that. So, Jeff, thank you so much. Y'all go check them out. Check out our show. Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, making sure you get us wherever you get your podcasts. If you make us your first listen, why don't you make Locked On Guardians your second listen with Jeff MLB Draft. So thanks for joining us, and that's all we have. Y'all have a good one, folks.